Welcome to Let's Talk About Leadership, Service, and Sisterhood, a podcast sponsored by California Rainbow. Founded in 1922, Rainbow is a premier service organization for young girls ages 8 to 21. In California, we have approximately 60 assemblies. These young leaders learn the importance of serving others and gaining lifelong sisters. Learn more at gocarainbow.org. Welcome back. Let's talk about Leadership Service and Sisterhood podcast and IORG production. I'm Colleen Weaver, your facilitator, and joining me today are Ella H. and Kylie B., two of our PR girls, who will be your hosts today. Our special guests today are Shannon Major, who is a policy analyst who works with California State Senator Grove, and Colleen Penaluna, who is an associate governmental program analyst with the California State Personnel Board. I think I got all that in there, ladies. Girls, why don't you get us started? So, hi, first off, thank you so much for joining us today. So, if you could start off with just explaining what you do and what it's like working for the government. Mrs. Major, if you wanted to start us off, that'd be great. Certainly. And thank you for having us tonight. I'm excited to be a part of this. Um, so I have been a legislative staff member for this is the fifth member of the legislature that I've had the honor of working for. And so as a staff member, my role has varied throughout the years, but it's everything from uh, representing the senator out in the community at events, um, preparing letters, resolutions and certificates of recognition for folks in the community. Uh, to working in the office under um, our legislative team in the Capitol on policy issues that are important to our part of the district um, and a whole other variety of tasks that we do. But those are some of the major things that we do um, and really working with our constituents to assist them with state agencies when they have an issue and they might need um, our assistance in clearing up a problem or getting more information. So a lot of it is really very customer service focused. And then Actually, really cool. <laughs> I was just thinking about how, um, so I work as an analyst with a department. Um, and so working for a state department or agency means I'm working in the executive branch where Mrs. Major is working in the legislative branch, right? But there's still all this overlap. And sometimes it can be really hard to navigate the 200 plus departments um, that exist in California. So to know that there's that customer service aspect where constituents can go, and talk to someone and hopefully navigate that whole system um, is really cool and really helpful. Um, in my specific position, um, it sounds like a really circular definition, but as an analyst, I am conducting analysis. <laughs> um, every department in the California executive branch has analysts and essentially they're looking at information um, regarding different issues or problems um, that that department handles. And then they're taking that information and using it to make decisions and help guide the department's decisions and programming. Um, that can vary wildly uh, depending on what the department does. So state personnel board, we work really closely uh, with like HR departments to help guide merit civil service hiring. But if you're working for parks and rec or if you're working for social services or DMV, you could be doing wildly different decision making. Um, but it's a really interesting area to be in. And um, it's just exciting always to kind of work with people. There's definitely a lot of customer service aspects to what I do as well. Um, and you get to meet a lot of really interesting people all across the state in this role. 
All right. And then leading from that, what ways are there to support our country and how are the government jobs one of them? I'll so jump in like real quick on that yeah, one. Go. I um, get really excited about it. So my aunt worked for the state um, her whole entire career. Um, and I saw what she did and how much she loved her work. And it really inspired me to go and work for the state. Um, I think that government jobs, sometimes people have a poor view of them. Um, and they think of the bureaucracy and the red tape. Um, they think of waiting in line at the DMV. But there are over 200,000 California state employees that are here to serve you and to carry out, you know, the the programs that our legislature has created to serve the citizens of California. And I think it's exciting to be a part of that. Um, and I would really hope that if anyone's interested in government, they would find a way to have an internship or really engage, uh, you know, with the different services that our state provides. Yeah, I'd love to piggyback on that. First of all, in terms of our um, the force that works for the state and, and all the different agencies, just using the pandemic as an example. So in my role working for a member of the state legislature, we took literally thousands of phone calls throughout the pandemic, specifically with folks who were looking for help with unemployment insurance. And I'm sure everybody here heard the, unfortunately, the horror stories of kind of what, what was happening. And that was just, our system was not designed to, to absorb that many um, claims for assistance with unemployment. And I will tell you that although there certainly were areas where our state could improve, definitely in terms of helping folks with their unemployment, there were countless um, staff members for the EDD that stepped up to the plate and really helped us um, secure the benefits that our constituents needed. And so I, I agree with, um, with Ms. Penaluna that Oftentimes, folks who work for the government, you end up with this feeling like, oh, they're bureaucrats, they just do their job from nine to five, and they don't care. And that couldn't be further from the truth, um, from the examples of the folks that we've worked with. And then I would say, um, on the legislative side, it's certainly a little bit different. But I really think about the opportunity that I've been given as a way to, to better my community. And patriotism is just a part of that, but it's so important. And we're given an opportunity to attend community events. Certainly at all those patriotic times of the year, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, we're just events where we're honoring someone in the community. And there's always that patriotic feel to it when I leave the office. I'm getting to represent somebody who's been elected by, by a number of individuals, about a million um, per state Senate, a little bit more now with our growth. Um, and I get to go out on her behalf and be a part of the community. And it's it's so rewarding. So I would encourage anyone who wants to find out more about it to do so. It really is a great career. So how would you go about preparing to get a government job, a way to get out there, be a member of your community? How would you go about that? So I can jump in on this one first, because it's definitely going to look a lot different if you're wanting to work on the executive side. It's very different on the legislative side. So I literally fell into this job. I had graduated from San Diego State. My family was still here in the Central Valley, and I, did decide, I decided to come back home as an opportunity to, to pursue what I really wanted to do. And I, my sister worked for a company, and she knew someone who was retiring from that company to go work for this newly elected member of the legislature. And my sister, Mrs. Regeer, said, you should reach out to Mary Alice and see if you can intern, you know, spend some time there and, and get some experience. 
And I did so. And I gave my two weeks notice at this great company shortly after like just a couple of days. And that's been nearly 28 years ago. And it was because I took that opportunity to find an internship uh, to work for somebody that I really admired and fell into this position. So I would say on the legislative side, there's a couple of ways. There's that. There's the internship role. And, and if you're college students, most of your campuses can help you with that. If you work with a, a particular um, party, whether it's Republican or Democratic, you know, go to those meetings and meet folks and look for opportunities to um, serve as an intern and get your foot in the door or certainly work on a campaign um, and learn who the candidates are and start to work for somebody that you admire or that your views are aligned with. So on the legislative side, it's definitely very different, but those are a few ways that you can kind of find your way into the career that I've I've had. You know, the hiring process is really different, but I'm actually impressed, Mrs. Major, I think um, it's a lot more similarities than I expected, in all honesty. So, you know, I mentioned my aunt had worked for the state, and so I always thought, like, she enjoyed it so much. She loved the people she worked with. I thought it would be an interesting career because in college, I was studying interpersonal communication and political science. So I seemed to really have sort of set myself up to go into some kind of public sector role. Um, but I really didn't know much about state government, if I'm honest. Um, it's hard to understand just how big it is and how many people are working for it and whether you want to work in the legislative branch or the executive branch or the judicial branch, local government, state government, federal government. Um, they're all very similar, but they're all slightly different too. So I graduated college in 2020. Um, obviously, that was the pandemic. And really, all I wanted was just a job. So I wasn't super picky about what happened. Um, but I emailed out old supervisors that I had worked for. And when I was in college, I actually worked as a student assistant um, at the state personnel board. Um, and that role is a little different. It's not part of like, you know, CalPERS and the retirement system and all that. But it was a really great learning opportunity. Um, and it helped me have a contact there. Um, a supervisor who was like, you know, applying for a state job is different. And, you know, here's sort of where you need to start. Um, and where I needed to start, which is a little different from Mrs. Major's process, was I had to start with an exam. Um, so if you're going to work for the state, you have to prove your merit, that um, you are qualified for the job. Um, you can't be hired based on, you know, nepotism or your political affinities or affiliations, um, race, gender, anything like that can't be considered in hiring. So that's why they have, in general, a competitive examination process. There's there's exceptions and things to that. But in general, you sit down and you take an exam. And once you take the exam for a classification, in my case, it was an analyst exam, then you're allowed to apply for those positions. And then you apply and you send out your application to a bunch of different departments and you keep your fingers crossed and you do interviews, <laughs> everything you would expect to pretty much happen in a job process. Uh, the biggest difference really is how slow it is. Um, you know, I was hearing back from private companies within, you know, a week or so of doing an interview in the state. It's pretty normal for there to be a month, two months, even three months before you hear back on an application or an interview. Uh, so I kind of just ended up falling into it as well. Um, I had thrown out a bunch of applications. I had some great interviews, but I ended up working um, at the state personnel board. I work in our executive office. So it's um, exciting to get to work with our executive officer. Um, currently the state personnel board is an all female board. Our executive officer is also female. So it's kind of exciting to be surrounded by really strong and passionate women who are interested in public service. 
Um, and there's just a lot of departments like that in California that feel really motivating. Um, there's, like I think I mentioned, there's over 200 different departments doing all different kinds of work for the state. So you can always find something that's interesting. Um, and if I ever need a career change, it's nice to know that I can transfer for to a different department and do very different work. Um, but it's it's just a transfer. I don't have to necessarily go through the same exact process. I don't have to change my medical insurance. I don't have to change my retirement. All those little things that you girls are probably not thinking of right now. But once you graduate college and you have to start paying into all those things, it makes a big difference. So um, I feel like I probably was really long winded with that. But yeah, that's pretty much how I fell into this work. Well, thank you. Um, my next question is, what is the merit civil service principle and why is it needed for hiring? Got it. So like Mrs. Major mentioned, hiring in the executive branch where I'm working is a little different than hiring in the legislative branch. Um, so the merit civil service system is something that California as a state has instituted um, way back in like the early 1900s. The citizens of California were really tired with all the nepotism and the spoil system in government. Um, where people were getting jobs based on who they helped get elected or who they knew or, you know, not necessarily based on their qualifications, but ju just based on, you know, who wanted them to be in that role. Uh, so the merit civil service system is basically saying that people who work in civil service or for government, public service um, are hired based on their merit. So that is your um, ability to do the job you've been hired to do, your job qualifications, um, not any of your political affinities, not your race, gender, anything like that. None of that can be considered in hiring. Um, and the department I work for, although I don't do this in my specific role, um, but my department um, actually helps enforce that and help guide departments to make sure that they're lawfully hiring um, the state employees who work for you. And again, I don't know that I have anything more to that. I mean, she really clarified that difference. And that is, we don't, in the legislature, you know, there is no test. Um, I think the test is really your ability to realize the role of a staff member of an elected official, which is, it's not about my views. It's not really about my political affiliation. Although I will tell you that working for the member of the legislature, I think anyone will enjoy the opportunity. And I say this for our interns as well. Um, but if you're going to be hired and work for a member of the legislature, you're most likely going to want your views on the role of government or your political views to align with the member that you work for, because so much of what we do is based on um, the, what the senator believes government is. That's really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, those folks are elected to, um, to create legislation for the other members of the legislature to review. And so it could be somewhat difficult to work for someone who who you didn't necessarily follow their beliefs, if that makes sense. So um, I've always worked for someone that I my views align with theirs. But again, there's no test. Um, it's really just about getting out there and learning who they are and when elections are coming up and volunteering your time. And a lot of that, again, is volunteering your time to um, to do something in your community that you believe in. So I believe a certain way. And so that's when I volunteer, I'm volunteering in that area. So that's a, such a big difference. Yes. I do also want to clarify, because I feel like examinations is like a really big, scary word. And I don't want to put anyone off from making this sound more complicated than it is. 
It is very different than applying in the private sector or even for the legislative branch. Um, but the examinations, it's not like an SAT or anything like that. Like there's no like essay necessarily. Um, I mean, some of them may, but mostly they're asking questions about your job experience, um, things that are relevant to the actual work you would be doing. Um, and the state hires people from, you know, janitors and the people who work on our roads all the way to, you know, doctors and peace officers. There's a wide range of examinations and there are exceptions to that. There's alternatives to it. If you um, don't do, do well in a traditional examination setting, there's all different kinds of alternatives to it. So I do just want to clarify that it, there is a bit more nuance to it than I've made it sound. Um, but if you're interested in that, I highly encourage there's a lot of information online. You can call departments. Um, a lot of state employees are very willing to, to talk to you about their experience and want you to work in government, too. So everyone I've encountered has been really helpful. So I just don't want anyone to feel like the examination is like this big, scary thing. It is not necessarily. You both are very clearly passionate about what you do. So what are some of the benefits of working for the government that's separated from working for a private company or somewhere else? Either one of you can go ahead. I'll hop in real quick. Um, this, I, I know for like when I was a teen, I didn't think about this at all. Um, but one of the biggest, like just literal benefits is the benefits package. Um, state employees working um, in the executive branch have pretty good health insurance. We have a lot of options to choose from. The retirement plan's pretty good. It's a pension, um, which is different than your traditional 401k. I don't want to get into all the weeds of that because it's a lot, but it, it, there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, outside of just like the, the literal benefits package, I truly enjoy the people I've worked with. Obviously, that can vary from department in the same way that it can vary from employer to employer in the private sector. Um, but most of the people I've encountered are really excited to be doing a public service. They're excited about their role. They're excited to teach and mentor people. Um, which I have really appreciated because I'm only two years really into my you know career. So it's nice to know that I have supervisors um, who support my willingness to learn and want to grow in this role. Um, I think it's also really nice to know that um, I have like a union and things like our salaries and whatnot are all public information. Um, sometimes in the private sector, you might not be making a different amount of money than the person next to you, even though you're in the same role. In the state, if you're in the same classification, there can be variances, but there's a specific pay scale, you know, so it, there's just like things that I appreciate where I don't feel like I need um, to, to like fight with my supervisor or push for myself to get a raise. Some of that's sort of coded already into the work I'm doing. So I feel like I can really just focus on the work and not worry about like what's happening at home so much, if that makes sense. So I would definitely echo the part about um, benefits, the, the medical and dental and vision. So when I first started, I was, you know, out of college just a short while. And I, you know, when you're young and healthy and you don't really think about the importance of your healthcare benefits that as, as we get older, um, we realize how important it is to have access to that. And so in the legislature as well, you know, we are very blessed with, um, with a nice benefits package, both pension as well, which interestingly enough, the actual elected officials don't have a pension, um, but staff members do, which is very interesting. Um, and then staff members for elected officials, we do not have a union. Um, so we are at will employees and there isn't anybody that's, um, 
negotiating on our behalf. But there is a, a system in place with the legislature on pay scales um, as it relates to the work that you do or the title that you have. Um, and so those are some of the things that I think I never really thought about when I first took the job. I just was so excited to have the opportunity to work for an elected official because I I study political science. Like that's my degree from San Diego State, but I never really knew what I wanted to do with it. I just enjoyed the study. And so to kind of fall into this and realize, okay, this actually is a good fit for me. This is something that I that I enjoy doing. And I I don't know, I think Ms. Penalona said it as well. I don't know that it's better than the private sector. It's just different. It's That's just different. different. And yeah. there is some security. I think there's a little more security with being a literal state employee, because in my shoes, when my member either retires or doesn't, you know, decides not to run or gets beat in a, in a race, I'm out of a job. And so the only way that I keep going is when that new member, um, that new member of the state Senate says, I'd like you to stay on. And there's no, they don't have to. So every four years, um, I've gotten used to it, but every four years, there's a chance that I won't have a job. And that's probably the downside of it in some ways. But um, yeah, it's just a really good, I think the benefits is probably the, it's probably the biggest part. And when you're young, you just don't even think about it. Yeah. But I like that you mentioned, I was thinking about asking you about what it's like to know on that cycle of every four years, your job is a, you know, a little bit more at risk. Yeah. Um, we don't have that certainly working in state government, um, in the executive branch necessarily, but we do experience a change in governorship often. And with that, a change in leadership, obviously legislation comes through that can really change the work we're doing. So it does feel like sometimes we're like running to get something done and then something changes or funding changes. If you talk to any state employee, it's always about budget. Budget is like our number one, like we got to look at budget before we can look at anything else. Right. So those things change a lot. And I, I think in the private sector, you would find a bit more flexibility or a bit more stability with those things. Um, and it can definitely be frustrating when you feel like you're, you're running towards a goal and then the goalpost moves again or policy changes or priorities change and it's completely out of your hands. Um, but it keeps it exciting and new too. So look on the positives. Yes. Thank you. Um, so to kind of wrap it up, I have one more question. Um, I think it's a really important one since I think um, everyone can agree that there's a lot of things that need to be worked on um, in the country, in the state. Um, and my question would be is, how do you think um, teens can become more involved in the political world? I know a lot of us feel straight, stressed and unsafe, and um, there's a lot of things going on. So. I'll be happy to, to jump off on that one first. So being involved, being in the conversation, um, making sure that you are expressing your opinions. Um, I tell folks all the time, reach out to your legislators, whether it's locals, federal, um, follow, follow legislation. Um, be diligent in knowing what the conversations are in terms of policies that are headed your way. Um, for me, it's always been we're never going to get 100% of our way. We have to find common ground. And there's so many areas where members of, this, of the state legislature, just as the example, since that's where I come from, we find common ground. We may not like the whole policy 100%, but if both sides can come together and find ways to find commonalities that make it a better community, then that's a win. 
Um, and for me, I happen to work for a Republican. We are very few in the state Senate. Out of 40, there are eight of eight of our members are Republicans. So the Democrats have a supermajority. So that means if my senator wants to accomplish anything that she thinks is beneficial to her community, she has to work across the aisle. She has to find common ground. And that it should be that way all the time. It shouldn't matter that there's only eight Republicans. We should still be finding common ground. And the members that I've worked for, specifically here in the Central Valley, have always done a really good job of making sure that that happens. And so, um, again, that message of be aware, you know, every vote matters. Be aware to what they're discussing, um, what they're debating. Get onto the website and find out when a committee hearing is happening on an issue that's important to you. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's public safety. Maybe it's human trafficking, a huge issue that my member um, is working on right now. Just be aware and be a part of the conversation, because when we all sit back and just decide there's nothing that we can do about it, it's all just horrible, and then nothing moves forward. And, and it's powerful to be a part of that change. But you have to get in. You have to get in there and, and be a part of the conversation. That's hard to follow. Thank you. But I am so glad that you mentioned the commonality, Shannon. I mean. I, I think it's so easy to be overwhelmed by all the problems we see in our country and we care about them because we're patriotic and we want to make a difference, right? And you turn on the news and everything feels like it's us versus them. It feels like nothing's moving. But when you do work in public service, you see things moving and you see people who care and people who are working really hard to help the people of California. Um, and I try and stay really grounded in that. Um, and grounded in the fact that we're all Californians before we're Democrats or Republicans. We're all Americans before we're, you know, anything else necessarily. And um, I think really engaging with your community, especially if you're not of voting age yet, um, engaging with your community through community service and community events, even attending, you know, your local um, meetings um, is a really good way to be aware of what's going on in your community and the issues that your neighbors are facing. It's a lot easier to have compassion for people who think differently than you if you're able to really sit down and listen to their concerns um, and hopefully have an opportunity to share your own. And maybe you walk away and you still disagree, but at least there's that root of compassion that started so that you can work together so that we all can experience um, you know, the benefits of voting and policy and engaging with our government. Um, it's it's overwhelming, and I completely understand why teens of today would be exhausted by it. Um, but if it ever feels too overwhelming, I always just come back to the community service aspect and how can I just help this one little corner of my world? Um, and I think that's really healing. And I think those conversations can be really healing. I think this is fantastic, ladies. Um, Ella and Kylie, thank you so much for your hosting tonight. Um, Ms. Penaluna and Mrs. Major, we're so happy to have you here. And I think it's really important that our young teens focus on that community and, and finding that common ground in this day and age. There's so much going on. And just knowing that there are people out there like the two of you working for us, I think is amazing. So once again, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.